Welcome to Central Baptist Church tonight. It's good to see each one of you here. Now, if you will, find you a place and reach over and get you a songbook. And we'll turn, first of all, to number 285. Number 285, Leaning on the Everlasting Arms. Number 285, I'll ask you to stand, if you will. 285. of the book to number 542, 542, tis so sweet to trust in Jesus, we'll sing the first and the last stanza there, 542, tis so sweet to trust in Jesus, just to take him at his word, just to rest upon his promise, just to know the Lord. Shake hands with someone around you there. Tell them it's good to see you tonight.
glad to welcome both of you here tonight. Good to, good to see you tonight. <laughs> Our Wednesday night crowd is really slimming down, isn't it? Uh, it's good to see each other tonight. Good to have you here with us. The seniors will be having their breakfast in the morning at uh, Eagle Lake Diner, 8.15. Those of you that uh, usually attend or if you have never attended but you'd like to, good time of fellowship, plus the fact get some good bacon and eggs. And uh, so it's, it's a good, good time. So uh, remember that in the morning at 8.15. I think that's all of the announcements. Usher, would you come? Let's receive the offering. I heard about a church that the crowd just got so small that couple of ladies out there that said you know when the preacher says dearly beloved I think he's proposing <laughs> I guess it's uh, we're going to have a huge offering tonight because uh trying to get some help. I thought you were bringing somebody else down here to help you carry the money, Mike. All right, let's go to the Lord in prayer and ask his blessings on, on the offering. Brother Brad, Brady, would you lead us in prayer? Amen. That are that it's not it's not the hula hands that are traveling. It's their family. Uh, take them off, okay. And it's also well, of course, the Jansics are they're also traveling now. They're it was just their family, but now they're traveling. Wayne and Charlotte Smith. Um, 
Brother Brother King is down here under the assisted living, Connelissa Home, Brother King, and also Nell O'Neill. They're both, uh, uh, Nell is not, not doing well. And uh, Jim uh, Padded said that he was doing a little better. They're, they're trying to get the infection that is um, taking over his foot and his leg and all. And, and, uh, but he's in rehab now and they're trying to trying to get get that squared away. Brother Dowdy, he's home, but uh, but he's still in critical condition. They just sent him home because they said there's nothing else they could do. So uh, pray for him and the family. All right, if you have an addition, let us know. Or if you've had a prayer request been answered. All right, well, it looks like we're in good shape then tonight, huh? Okay, stand again, take your songbook. Bill, come lead us another song. All right, let's turn to 193. 193. 193. I traveled alone upon this lonesome.
You can be turning to Hebrews, the book of Hebrews, chapter 11. visiting um, one time just going door to door and I met this lady and she told me she'd been a Sunday school teacher for 25 years and um, and she invited me and I was we were talking about things in the Bible and, I, and she asked me a question about something I said that's in the book of Hebrews why don't you and she had a Bible there on the coffee table I said why don't you get your Bible and we look at it together and so she starts turning page and turning page, and she said, is that Old Testament or New Testament? I've been teaching Sunday school for 25 years. Didn't know. But see, um, a, lot of, a lot of churches, they don't use the Bible. They use quarterlies or, you know, do other kind of uh, things instead of teaching from the Bible. Back um, years ago, back when I got to say, one of the things that uh, a lot of the independent Baptists, like us, a lot of when they were talking about the church, advertising their church or whatever, they'd say, they'd say, uh, we're a Bible-teaching church. You, you'd see that a lot with independent Baptists, uh, not as much anymore, but um, we, well, I, was, I was brought up in Southern Baptist Church, and of course, you use the quarterlies. You don't, you don't use the Bible. Uh, I never took a Bible to Sunday school or anything. We always had a quarterly, and... Um, You'd use that, and and the uh, the method of teaching, of course, was discussion, which is about the sorriest way to teach there is. Uh, a lot of people they want to have something to say, but but actually the best the best method of teaching is the lecture method, like like what we do here. Uh, you study for the lesson, you know more about it than anybody else. Uh, you know, so somebody out there that they've not studied the lesson like you have, but they want to interject a thought. A lot of times, that's not that's not correct what they're saying. So you, you know, you, you muddle up the message, and uh, people are not getting anything out of it. I can't I can't remember a single lesson that was ever taught when I was when I was in uh, Sunday school and church there in uh, Ain City. And and uh, when when uh, Janice and I started dating, and she was she was attending the old uh, first Bible Baptist 
church. Um, and, you know, I'd, I'd go to Sunday school. We'd go to Sunday school, and, and the uh, teacher was using the Bible. And you didn't, you didn't have a quarterly, you didn't have a lesson outline or anything. He's, he just opened your Bible to so-and-so, and, and so you would, you would look at what, what the Bible had to say. And you'll, you'll learn a whole lot more that way. I've, you know, I use commentaries. I, I use, you know, a lot of things in doing research and studying all that. But I've never, won, I've never found a commentary, no matter how conservative the person may seem to be, uh, I've found that they're usually not correct on a lot of, a lot of things. Uh, I hate to be reading, reading something and they'll say, you know, the correct interpretation of this is this is a correct translation, and that just galls me. I'd say, how do you know? I mean, you weren't you weren't there when the translation was made, and and uh, those people, those men back then, they put us to shame with their intelligence, their knowledge. Uh, I remember reading about the history of, of those those. Uh, men that interpreted the or translated the uh, King James and one of them even at four years old he already was fluent in several different languages and um, now you know we got TV and computers and cell phones and all that stuff and that interferes with our knowledge we we don't study like we used to it uh, we let you know and so we'll just take the word of somebody else um, so we're, we're, we call our, our um, service here on Wednesday night, we call it a Bible study. So get your Bible out, and if you don't have one, there's one in front of you there in the pew. And, and uh, we're going to be looking at some things here. Um, Brother Jeremy, he's, he's been teaching here in the auditorium on Sunday morning from the book of Galatians. You know, I, every time that I that I, I sit there and, and he's teaching, I'm thinking, how could anybody, how could anybody ever reading the book of Galatians or hearing, hearing you know, lesson taught like, like he is teaching, how could they ever get the idea that you've got to do something to save yourself? You know, there's works. And I mean, the book of Galatians, if there was nothing else in the Bible, the book of Galatians would be enough to convince you that salvation by faith it's faith, it's not works. And, and so I was thinking, you know, now reading here in the book, the book of Hebrews, and, and I don't know, it just kind of jumped out at me uh, about Noah. And, uh, and so I started, you know, writing down some things, taking some notes and all. And so I thought, you know, it'd be a good thing. I'm going to, uh, I don't know how many lessons it's going to be. I, I'll, I'll get up two or three lessons but then, it, then before it's over, I've gone to six or seven, you know, because you don't listen fast enough on Wednesday night, and I can't, I can't get through a whole lesson, so I have to kind of patch it into another one. But, um, but I, I, I want to, I, I want to try to really instill in you the, uh, the the doctrine that that is taught in the Bible that that uh, salvation is free. It's not, you don't do anything for it. I don't know, you, you may be surprised at the number of times that people ask me, 
Uh, how do people in the Old Testament get saved? Jesus hadn't been born yet, so how did they get saved? And um, you know, people that that wouldn't should know better. They should know the answer to that question, but but they don't. So we're we're going to look at some things. And so look, first of all, here at verse seven in uh, chapter eleven, verse seven. By faith, by faith, now starts off that way. By faith, Noah being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear. And the word fear, that's not talking about a, the kind, you know, like you're, you're, you have a fear of snakes or a fear of, of um, criminals or something like that. Uh, this, this, this has the idea of reverence, you know, reverence. And, and uh, you know, it's like I, I feared my dad but it was not, you know, it was not the kind of fear that I would run and hide or anything. You know, it was, it was, I just, I just knew he was very authoritarian and, uh, and I feared him, but it was not a bad kind of a fear. You know, I was not scared, but I just, I just feared I had great, great respect uh, for him. And, uh, but, but the reason, the, uh, the main reason I, I did was was because of uh, you know I just I just I, I guess in, in in one sense I was I was I was afraid of what he might do to me if I didn't show respect and things like that but uh, but but the word fear here anyway it it it's not it's not talking about you know that he was he was scared to death it ha has the idea of of, uh, of reverence and. And uh, respect for the Lord, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world, and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. James said that faith without works is dead. Now it seems like that he's he's kind of contradicting this thing about it's just totally faith. Faith without works is dead. But what he means here is that true faith always has action to support its claim. He talks in the second cha chapter about the man who said, oh, I believe, but there, there doesn't seem to be anything happening in his life to support the, the genuineness of his so-called faith. And so James says faith, in order for it to be valid, uh, must radiate itself in certain deeds. If you really believe God, then there'll be evidence of it in the way you live, the things you say, the things you do. And that's what he means here by when he says faith without works is dead, just simply means that faith, it, it, it's not saving faith. It's, it's uh, vain, useless, that faith without works is dead. Uh, if you have true faith, if you uh, have really been saved, then, then your faith will produce works. You don't work to be saved, you work because you are saved. Now the Bible is always everywhere taught there's only one way to God, and that way is by faith. And yet the Bible says a lot about works. Some people have become confused and then determined that you get to God by doing works because the Bible talks about being good and not sinning and being obedient and loving your neighbor and so forth and so on. But what the Bible is saying that you, you come to God by faith and then the genuineness of your faith is established by the goodness of your life. And, and the, fact, you know, the fact that you, 
you uh, do good works is, is evidence in that you are saved. Uh, I suppose that everybody, um, you know, at some time in their life, they, uh, they get to doubting their salvation. You know, I know uh, in the early, early years after, after I was saved, there would be times whenever I would, I would question myself, you know, did I really do what the Bible says you're supposed to do in order to be saved? Did I really? And, and then, and then I, would, I would think, well, you know, I live a different life than I did before I was saved. There was a change that took place. My, my thinking and everything, everything about me is different than what it was before I got saved. And the, and the very fact that, that the old devil wants to mess up my thinking about salvation is another evidence that I've been saved because he didn't mess with me before I got saved. And uh, so, but, but if, if, you're, if you're serving the Lord, you know, you're, and, and, and I mean, it's an all, you're genuine about it. It's not something you're doing for show or, or, or because you're trusting what you're doing to get you to heaven. It's not, all, not that, but, but look, is, is your faith producing good works? That's evidence. That's evidence. Are you, are you faithful? Uh, do, do you tithe? Do you, uh, do you, do you witness to people? Things like that. You know that you, you look at that. You didn't do that before you got saved. So, so if uh, if if there if there are works that's been produced, then that's that's pretty good evidence that you're saved. Amen. So. Uh, so the Bible, the Bible uh, does talk about, about works because, because true, faith, true faith will produce works. But, um, but the, it's not the works that save you. You know, it's amazing uh, with so much that's taught in the Bible, the entire book of Galatians and, and of course, uh, all, all, through, all through the Bible. Uh, you you'll find even in the Old Testament we'll see we'll see here as we go along that even in the Old Testament it was faith and you know Noah one thing said about Noah 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 found grace in the eyes of the Lord that's back before the law was given see a lot of people teach that that in order to be saved you got to keep the law the law was never given for salvation get that down write it down somewhere um the law was not given. The law was given as a way of life. And, and even lost people, if they adhere to, to the law, the Ten Commandments, uh, they'll be better off. Now, that's not going to save them, but they'll be better off. They'll be a better citizen, a better neighbor, a better husband or wife, better parent. Uh, God gave, God gave the, the law, and, and the law consists more of the Ten Commandments, but but that you know we we'll we'll call the Ten Commandments the law. If you if you try to live by the Ten Commandments, uh, you're going to be a pretty good person. But but the law was not given uh, to save anybody. It's always been faith. It's always been faith. Uh, even before the law was given, it was faith. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Uh, that was before the law was given. 
and 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 it's all everything everything about the law it, it all pointed to the, the Lord Jesus and his sacrificial death on the cross now they didn't they wouldn't have the would have had the knowledge that you and I have because we've got the whole New Testament we have the Bible the whole Bible uh, to show us but but uh, but but uh, those uh, all the offerings all the sacrifice all of that pointed to Christ everything about the tabernacle and later on the temple had all pointed to Christ the sacrificial uh, death uh, of the Lord Jesus so uh, so even though uh, there's a lot about works yet it's not works that save you and the Bible doesn't teach that I I, I, I can't think of any denomination besides Baptists that do not want to add works to the faith to their faith um, they're, they're, there's the only the only ones that I know about in when we were when Bible college uh, you know we studied about the major doctrine of practically every denomination, Methodist, Presbyterian, um, you know, all of those, and, and also the cults, all the, the cults and all that. Um, it, it, you know, even the cults, they, they add works. In fact, it's primarily works. It's what they teach because they, they have the wrong view of the Lord Jesus. So they're not, they're not uh, looking to Christ uh, to, to save them. Um, it, there, it's a system of works. False religion is a system of works. Uh, the Muslims say, you know, if you kill a Christian or kill a Jew, you've got a better chance of going to heaven. And uh, it's, it's not, you know, uh, to them, Jesus was just another prophet. In fact, not even as high a prophet as Muhammad. And uh, so, so the... Uh, every every false religion and and practically there there may be there may be some groups that I, I don't know anything about but in studying about every denomination there are all all of those that they they want to add works to to faith and um, but it, without faith James said faith without works faith that doesn't that doesn't, uh, you know, produce works is dead. But if if you if you're working without faith, then then you're not, you're not saved. And it's just it's need it's uh, there you know there's it doesn't gain anything by you by you working to be saved. So here in the book of Hebrews, this this chapter on faith, it it fits in a very important place. At the time the Holy Spirit inspired the book of Hebrews, Judaism, which that, that was the religion of the Jews, uh, Judaism had deteriorated into a work system almost entirely. Judaism in its true character has always been faith. It's always been faith. Even in the Old Testament, men came to God by faith. But, um, but, they, as, as time went on, they began to confuse it, even as, even as men have done in our day, in our day too. 
And we have all kinds of things under Christianity that are nothing but self-righteous work systems. But in, but in uh, Judaism, uh, the same things happen. What began as a faith operation deteriorated into a system of works. I can remember as a teenager and uh, growing, growing up in Southern Baptist Church, if, uh, if you ask a person if they were a Christian that was, um, you know, that was a member of the Southern Baptist Church, they'd say, oh, yeah, I was baptized on such and such time. Uh, I'm not exaggerating. Say, That's what they'd say. They say, I was, well, I was baptized. But baptism is not what saved. It doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't save, it doesn't add to your salvation. The thief on the cross, he didn't get baptized, yet Jesus said, Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. Um, but but it's it's the uh, drawing to my mom. She you know, she was a member of the same church I you know, that I was in and uh my mom, if you, she would ask if she was a Christian. She'd say, yeah, I was baptized. And I, after I, you know, after I got saved, and you know, matured a little bit, I would tell. And after I learned some things, you know, about the Bible and all that, and and mom would, I say, Mama, you, you know, that's not when you got saved. When somebody asks you if you're a Christian, go back to the day you got saved, not when you got baptized. Baptism is just a picture of your salvation. And um, so, you know, go, go to the date that you got saved. Now, yeah, I've been a Christian since so-and-so, not, but not since you were baptized. Uh, when, when, when I joined the church there at Eastside in Main City, uh, it, was in, it was in the wintertime, December, I remember. And... and uh, and back, you know, a lot of the uh, churches, you know, years ago, they didn't have baptismal pools in them. And so they'd go to a lake. And it was in December, and I remember nearly froze to death. They baptized me over there in lake over in Haines City. Uh, and, and so I, you know, I thought, because nobody explained to me how to be saved, I thought by getting baptized and, you know, becoming a member of the church, I thought that's what you know that that's what saved you, and uh, but but that's not. I learned I learned pretty soon after after uh, Janice and I started dating. I learned pretty soon that there was more more to uh, being a Christian than what I had uh, because her her Christianity was different than mine, and uh, and and so you know it didn't take very long for me to uh, understand that. Uh, I wasn't saved from the time I was 13 years old until until I got saved. I was almost almost 22 years old. If I'd have died in that period of time, even though I was a church member, been dumped under the water and all that, I'd have gone to hell. Wouldn't that have been an awful thing? You know, the people, the people in that church that that if I'd have died in that time, gone to hell, and they stand stand before the Lord. Those of them that were saved. And have to give an account for that. What about a pastor there? That's why I want when 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 a person comes forward here, I want somebody 
to come, a personal word to come and deal with them. If, if they've come for salvation, show them how to be saved, what they need to do to be saved. Uh, because I don't want it to be like it was with me. Nobody showed me. I wanted to be saved. I had, uh, I had been under conviction for several weeks. And, uh, but when I went forward, nobody showed. She lady there said, uh, asked me what my name was, and I told her, and she, she said, you want to be baptized? And I said, yeah, well, if you're supposed to. And, and uh, so then they set up a time for it, and, and, and you know, that was it. Never anything about accepting Christ, never anything about repenting of your sins, all that. And uh, so that, that's why I want, I want personal workers to come. I want, I want them to be here so when somebody comes, and even if somebody just comes for prayer, you know, I, I want personal workers to be there to, uh, to help them. So, uh, so uh, Judaism, um, the true character of Judaism has always been faith. But uh, what began as a faith operation deteriorated into a system of works. And, and the reason is because man began to seek his own glory. Uh, remember in Romans 1, uh, Paul, he said, you know, they, 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 they glorified God. They, not, they didn't glorify God as God. They didn't glorify him as God. And so what happened? They began to because they begin to glory in themselves. So that's what, human, what humanism is, is just that you're your own God. You're your own God. And, and uh, so man, man wants the glory. His, his, his desire for glorification of self, it, 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 uh, it twisted Judaism into a works system so that when, when you... Especially when by you come come into New Testament times, and and the Jews, these teachers, these uh, Pharisees and and the Sadducees, these these people that were were supposed to be the teachers of Judaism, uh, they had messed up messed up so bad that you know they had uh, you couldn't take but just so many steps on the Sabbath day and things like that. You know that. But because you know you could be stoned to death, things like that. That it had become just a system of works, and the same things happen in Christianity. So many, so many churches, it, it has become a system of works. You have all kinds of Christian churches today, and the people in them, the preachers in them, have no connection with God whatsoever. busy trying to please God on the basis of certain good deeds. Now, in the case of the book of Hebrews, the Jews to whom the letter was written, and, and the title there, Hebrews, it gives you an indication who it was directed to when, uh, when, when it was written, the Hebrews. That's the Jews. Um, the, the, entire, the entire bag of, of Judaism had been tied into, into the work system. The leadership of Israel was based on legalism, ritualism. They were all going about to establish their own righteousness. That's what Paul said in Romans, remember? He said uh, them going about to establish their own righteousness. They were all going about doing good deeds, 
thinking God was keeping score and, and the good outweighed the bad and therefore God was happy. They were all busy conforming to rules. They would strain out a gnat, Jesus said, and swallow a camel. In other words, they'd make great issue over little tiny nitpicky things and then they'd swallow some, some giant kind of thing that was a moral issue. The same group that wouldn't break sticks on the Sabbath would execute the Messiah. And that shows the distinction. They thought it was a no-no to take some kind of, to make some kind of a manual effort on the Sabbath, but they had no problem killing their own Messiah. They were real good on the little tiny rules. They were terrible on the moral value judgment. And so Judaism had deteriorated into a system of works. And God hated it, as he hates every system of works because it replaces him with men. And so at the end of chapter 10, verse 38, now, this, now look, at, look at this in just one, one chapter before chapter 11 here. And look at, look at verse 38. And, and read that out to me. Read that to me. What does that say? Now the just shall live what? The just shall live by faith? He's talking to who? Hebrews, Jews, right? Are you with me? He's talking to Jews who knew the law. These are people who have been taught the law all their... But, but you see... Uh, Judaism had deteriorated in such a state that, that now it was all about works, all about works. And, and here the Bible says, Now the just shall live by faith, but if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. But we are not of them who draw back under perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. Believe. What is the word believe? What is that? What does that give the idea of? What other word? Faith, faith. Believe, faith, that's the same, synonymous. And, I mean, how can you be any more plain than that? Maybe that's the reason that Sunday school teacher didn't know where the book of Hebrews was. Maybe they don't ever teach it. They shy away from it because it contradicts their system of works. So this is the way that you came and, and uh, that you come and, and take this wonderful salvation of Christ, the way that you make it your own is not by doing anything. It's only by believing. It's only by faith. And he said here, the just shall live by faith. Now, do you know, do you know that that same statement, that verse, did you know that that's in the Old Testament? The book of Habakkuk. This is where he, he said, now, now, the, now the just shall live by faith. He's quoting from the Old Testament, from the book of Habakkuk. Habakkuk was one of their prophets. They, they were familiar with Habakkuk. You know, because of his his prophecies and and so forth, and so they, you know, they had they had that they had the book of Habakkuk, 
But even in the Old Testament, the true saints lived by faith. But they had so long ago forgotten the concepts of faith that, that he takes here the entire chapter, 11th chapter of Hebrews, 40 verses, to re-explain faith as a subject to them. You say, well, uh, but these were religious people. They knew the Old Covenant. But you see, it had, got, it had gotten so twisted into a work system that they had forgotten the basis of faith. And for, for him to say, the just shall live by faith, wouldn't be enough. They say, oh yeah, we, you know, we, we remember faith. We remember that word. You see, that was something that had been set aside in a very real sense. So he must, so he has to then stop and totally define the theme of faith, which he does in chapter 11. And this is the theme in the 11th chapter. It is a definition of faith. And so the, the genius of the Spirit of God presents faith as a, a commodity and then defines faith in, here in the 11th chapter completely without ever using a New Testament character, a New Testament person. In teaching here, defining what faith is, he goes all the way back over to the New Testament and uses men, men of faith in the Old Testament to define it, not using anybody in the New Testament at all. He said, uh, and what, he, what he's saying is that this, this is nothing new. He, he, go, he goes all, in fact, he goes all the way back to Abel. Abel, there in the Garden of Eden, Abel. And never talks about anybody but Old Testament characters they all knew. Nothing new, he said. This, this is what God intended all along. It was faith. Let me redefine it so you understand what it is, what you're supposed to be doing. You know, there's uh, this is this has been around for a long, long time. This ultra, what was referred to as ultra dispensationalism, but but there's a, a, a push now in our day. There's a push now, you know, to getting more people more and more people involved in that do you know what do you know what what I refer to as ultra dispensationalism that they teach that there, there are seven different dispensations and the way to be saved in each one is different there's a way the way to be saved in the first dispensation is different than the way in the third or fourth or whatever they're saying that that uh, they're they're, they're there was a way to be saved in Paul's day in that dispensation. There'll be a, another way to be saved during the tribulation. There'll be another way to be saved during the millennium. And, and so, uh, but, but that's false. That's false. There's never been but one way of salvation. Never. From the very beginning, it was always through pointing toward the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. When Adam and Eve sinned, what did God do? What did God do about it? He killed an animal, shed its blood. And in and, and figure there, he, he, he covered them with the, with the uh, skins of, of that slain animal. 
But in order to slay that animal, he shed his blood. He, he was showing them, not, you know, not just in word, but in but word picture. You know, we're, we're all, we've always been told that, that you, you'll remember things longer that you see than things that you hear. You know, in other words, if, uh, if you show it up there on the screen, what I'm teaching you, and, and you got pictures and all this illustrating things, you'll remember that longer than me just talking to you. But, um, but you know, that's not, that doesn't do away with preaching. Uh, the Bible says by the foolishness of preaching that people are saved. I know some people say, well, that's preaching, uh, not, not the way I define it. Uh, preaching is what I'm doing. That's, that's, a preacher does preaching. Uh, now, you can, you, know, you can use things like that and, and uh, teach. And, you, you know, um, I've, I've, seen, I've seen, you know, I've seen guys that were, they were using um, screen. You know, it used to be overhead projector. That's really old-timey now, isn't it? Um, and, and, you know, and, and those things are fine. You can remember. Uh, but, but God gives word. God gives word pictures through through the scriptures. And I mean, what 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 better way? What better word picture would you have than to slay an animal, shed the blood of that animal, and and showing them this is this is the way that your sins are washed away. It's through the blood of of. A sacrificial animal which pictures the coming Messiah, the coming Lord, that will will die for your sins. So um, the the new Testament, new covenant, the New Testament, not teaching something new. Faith's always been the only way to God. The people in the Old Testament believed God. It says of Abraham, he believed God, and it was counted to him for righteousness. That's what Brother Jeremy taught us here just, just recently in, in the book of Galatians. Abraham believed God and his faith was counted to him for righteousness. All the Old Testament people listed in chapter 11 says, by faith Abel, look at it. By faith Enoch, by faith Noah, by faith Abraham, by faith, every one of them, by faith, by faith, by faith. See, that goes, that goes all, the way, all the way back to Abel. It was faith then. Abraham, it was faith then. And, and, and so all, all the way through Enoch, all the way through Noah, that's always the way it has always been. So it's nothing new, it's nothing new, but it needs to be redefined because they've long ago forgotten it and drifted into a work system. And, and he starts, he starts again, he starts there with Abel in verse 4 with the life, the life of faith and really, really talks about the entrance into the life of faith. Then he moves to Enoch in verse 5, talks about the walk of faith. Abel began by faith, Enoch did what? He continued by faith. Then thirdly, he comes to Noah in verse 7. 
And Noah illustrates the work of faith, the work of faith. Abel is the life. He demonstrates the life of faith, the beginning. Enoch demonstrates the walk of faith, the continuance. Noah demonstrates the work of faith, the obedience. You know, one of, one of the old songs that uh, we, we still sing, we still sing it here. Uh, trust and obey. Trust, see, that's faith. Trust and obey. Well, there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. Noah illustrates faith that is obedient. That was really going to be the, the main point of my lesson here tonight. I'm just now getting to it. So you can see how far, how far we're going to get tonight, right? But um, he, he's a classic of all classics of believing God. I said, I believe God, and didn't, didn't do something to prove it. His faith was not dead because it had works. The record, of, the record of Abel shows us the worship of God. The record of Enoch shows us the worship and the walk with God. And in Noah, we see one who worshiped God, walked with God, and worked for God. So it just takes us another step, progressive steps in the relationship of faith. It's kind of interesting that faith works that way. You've got to have worship before you can have walk, and you've got to have walk before you can have work. And that's how God established it. That's the pattern. So, so Noah takes us then to the, uh, to the next step, working. <clears throat> when, when, I, when I was saved, I, from, you know, from, I mean, immediately from then, from then on, you know, I wanted, I wanted to do something. I wanted to serve the Lord. I wanted to be in church every service. You've heard me say before, I, I wonder why we didn't have church every night. I would have been here every night if we had church every night. Uh, I wanted to go on visitation. You know, they're talking about uh, going out door-to-door visitation. I wanted to do that. They're talking about sowing. I wanted to do that. Um, Somewhere, somewhere in the very early part of uh, my salvation, uh, I heard somebody say something about reading the Bible through. It might have been Janice. I don't know, but reading the Bible through. And so I, I read the Bible all the way through in three months. From the day that I got saved, I'd read through the entire Bible in three months. And um, I, I wanted, but, but, but see, I... Uh, I had not I had not progressed to the place to where, you know, when I came when I uh, you know began to teach Sunday school and then and then became a, a deacon and and uh, and later treasurer of the church and, and and a bus driver working bus bus ministry and all those kind of things. See that I, I had to grow. There had to progress. My faith progressed. Have many of you ever been on been on visitation just going out door to door? You don't have to raise your hand. I'm just I'm just going to use an illustration. You, uh, the first time you ever went out on visitation, knocking on doors, people you didn't know, you never been there before, you don't know who's behind that door. I remember, you know, back when I first started doing that, and and uh, I I was I, I'm more of an introvert than than being extrovertish. And uh, and that you know that was that was hard. 
that was hard, but I, I wanted to do it because the preacher said, you know, you ought to, you ought to go on visitation. You ought to, you know, serve the Lord. You need to be a witness. And and so I would, I would, I would go out by myself. I was I was working second shift, and and so I couldn't go at night. Um, so I'd go during the daytime, go by myself, go on Saturdays. I didn't, didn't. Um, a lot of times we're not working on Saturday and Sunday. We we rotated. There'd be times I did have to work Saturday and Sunday, but um, but I, I would go anytime. You know, anytime I had that I had some time that I wasn't working, uh, I would go no matter what time of the day it was. Uh, but but you see, my my faith had to it had to grow. Uh, the Bible says that we're we're to grow in grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. The more the the more you know about the Lord, the more you're going to love Him. So uh, we uh, uh, our time's run out. I was going to send you back to Genesis chapter six. We're going to read read something there about about Noah, <clears throat> uh, you know, and his building the ark and all that. <clears throat> but we'll start there next time. Genesis 6, if you want to go ahead and read ahead, <clears throat> you can, but uh, we'll, we'll go ahead and stop there where we are tonight. All right, let's bow our heads for prayer. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for the lesson tonight. I pray that you'd uh, make it a blessing to our people here, and, and Lord, may it be a challenge to us, an inspiration to help us uh, to want to serve you more lord and and that our faith would increase the disciples as the lord to increase their faith and lord that's what we we would do is ask you lord to increase our faith may may we grow progress in our faith become and become more uh, more like the lord jesus so I pray, Lord, that you would that you would help us in that. And I'm asking now, Lord, to um, help us here tonight as we conclude this service. Lord, in a, in a minute we'll be bringing our prayers before you. And so we ask you, Lord, uh, for your blessings on each each request that we've already made, and those that are on the prayer list, and those that that will be prayed about here tonight. For I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and let you just uh, remain seated. If you want to come to the altar to pray tonight, you can. But um, we we still, you know, Wednesday night we 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 call it now more of a Bible study than prayer. But we still call it Bible study and prayer meeting. And so I want to give you an opportunity to pray about things, the things you've got on your own heart, and then things on our prayer prayer list there, and and things that have been mentioned here tonight. Pray for our services Sunday. Pray that God will bless. We'll have a great day. We'll see souls saved. <clears throat> Pray that God will send new families to us. You know, we everybody was set back um, because of COVID. You know, and and um, I, I don't know of any church that wasn't, you know, pretty much at a standstill for a while. Anyway, and not seeing any growth. A lot of people, you know, a lot of people fell by the wayside during all that. We have folks that have not come back yet. I don't know if they'll ever come back. And uh, 
but you know, we need new families. We need, we need to pray that God will send us new families. Uh, we need young people. We need children. We need young marrieds. We need older, older folks. Uh, just families. We need families. So pray that God will send us families. And that uh, uh, we, once again, begin to see people saved in every service and follow the Lord in baptism and, and uh, just see, see our church grow in number. So I want you to take the time now, just bow your heads, go ahead and pray. If you want to come to the altar, pray, you, you can do that too. Thank you.